some ways that people can do this type of outreach and achieve similar success regardless of background is what is your skill set? What do you have to offer other people? And then how does that match up with what that person who you're reaching out to needs? Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service, here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714, I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to another best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is Friday. We've got follow along Friday as our special episode where Co-host on Friday, Theo Hicks and I are going to talk through what we got going on, how that relates to your business, and then also we've got a couple miscellaneous things that I think you're going to really enjoy with today's episode. You ready to go, Theo? Let's do it. All right. How do we approach it? Our main topic for today is going to be how to start a relationship with someone that you don't know. But mm-hmm. you want to actually know. So that's yes. the main topic of discussion today. So I guess we can start off where that actual idea came from. And it came from a couple of emails you received. Yes. As real estate investors and entrepreneurs, we likely want to get access to people and get to know people who we don't already know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to grow our network. And in order to grow our network, we need to make sure that we're approaching it the right way so that we are getting as much traction in those relationships as possible. I know you're extremely busy. Maybe we can meet up in person to have coffee. So even more of my time. And again, Mm. I'm not saying this like I'm a precious resource. I'm just saying this from a macro level. This is what in general people think. Mm -hmm. If you ever have time, please don't hesitate to call text. 
So in this message, it's clear this individual did not add value to my life. They're taking. And in order to be successful, because this individual has emailed numerous people who I've interviewed for my podcast, not too many responses. Well, the reason why is because you need to read chapter 13 of the 48 Laws of Power. You do appeal to people's self-interest. You don't appeal to their gratitude. And then they followed up and they said, thanks a lot. I live in blah, blah, blah. If there's ever anything I can do to be assistance to you, please let me know. I would jump at the opportunity. Thanks again. So intentions are really good here, but the execution can be a lot better. Yeah. The intention that this individual has is they want to add value. They want to say they bought my book. They want to help me out. But the execution to be a lot better would be, I already bought your book. And I know in your interview that you're focused on X, Y, Z. Therefore, a couple ways I think I can help you out would be X, Y, Z. Would you like me to do that? Or even better, go ahead and do it and then send it to me. So these are the types of things that the mind and the heart is in the right place but the execution is not. And that's the purpose of this conversation right now is to help others and the individuals who reached out to me to enhance their approach. Because when you enhance their approach, again, who cares about reaching out to me? Mm -hmm. It's about when you enhance your approach to reach out to these other people you want to meet, then when you do the next level stuff, you're going to get a lot more response. That first person, why people haven't reached out to you? Because you're asking for stuff and you're not giving them anything. And the second person, when you proactively already give something versus say you want to give something, then you'll reach that next level. Yeah, and a good example of the proactive taking action is the interview. I don't know what his name was, but he's the agent that represented the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. He said when he, when he tried to get the listing, he didn't just say, hey, you know, here's my background. Here's how many deals I've closed in the past. Here's how fast I can close this deal, blah, blah, blah. He literally told himself, I have this deal. What would I do if I had the deal? Here's a package I would create. Here's a marketing I would, I would do. And he created this entire plan that he sent out, whoever selling it or whoever he sent it to. And he got the job specifically because of that, because he essentially did the job already. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, wow, this guy is just proactive and he's on top of his game. So we'll definitely hire this guy. Yep. Yep. So I think that's a good example of, of what you're talking about. Yeah. The case in point. Great specific example. Now, here's the third way, and this is the way to do it. This is the way to reach out to someone. And I won't read the entire message because it's rather long, which is the only thing mm-hmm. I can say about this it would be the downside. It's, it's four paragraphs long. Each paragraph's about three sentences. So that's a bit too long for initial outreach. Should be about two paragraphs, maybe like three sentences, four sentences most each paragraph. Yeah. But here it is. Howdy, Joe. So clearly, you know, they're from Texas. <laughs> Howdy, Joe. I recently listened to your Bigger Pockets podcast and started listening to your podcast on YouTube every day when I cook. That's very specific. That's great. I just wanted to reach out and hope we can get in touch. I currently live in Arlington between Fort Worth and Dallas. So I was interested in hearing about your investments within the area. Here's the kicker though. This is where it gets good. I am sure you have many people in your area that report to you, but I would be willing and would love to help you if you ever need any type of service on your properties in the area. I work as a leasing agent somewhere. I'm, I'm not telling where that is. So I have experience in knowing what people want when they are looking for a new home and have a good feel for the market and terminology for multifamily. That immediately could be very valuable for me, but he keeps going. 
I am young, motivated, and willing to learn. I currently own a house that I am house hacking, and I close on my second house at the end of the month, but I realize that multifamily is the way to go. And then he ends it with more add value. Again, I would love to provide any service that would be helpful for you within the area, whether it is secret shopping your communities, taking pictures of possible investments for you, shopping your competition, getting there when a contract's working on your project, getting rid of trash left by a contractor. Mm. I mean, he's getting very specific. Or even cutting your grass at the property. I would be grateful just to be involved. Let me know if I can help and I would love to keep in contact. He gave some specific way. Number one, he mentioned how he was qualified to help out. He's local, so he has a competitive advantage for other people. But then two, he is a leasing agent. So he knows how it works with apartment communities. Mm -hmm. And he got as granular as saying he will cut the grass. Now there's no way in hell I'd let him cut the grass for liability reasons, but it's good that he gave that specific example. And so what I did, I responded and I said, wow, this really stood out because I got a bunch of messages, especially after the Bigger Pockets podcast. I said, reach out to me on, I picked some arbitrary date, June the 7th, which was about three and a half weeks later. And sure enough, he reached out to me on that day, June the 7th. So I was testing him mm-hmm. to see if this was just a momentary interest of his or if he was organized enough to then put in his calendar, make it a priority to reach out three weeks to the day. Exactly. He did. And what has evolved since then, it's only been about a month. What has evolved since then is that he has secret shopped my properties in DFW and he did a analysis of each of the properties and his experience as a potential renter at each of them. And we're using that to enhance our leasing skills at each of the properties. And he wrote about his experience online Mm. from an online review as well, which is incredibly helpful for us to get more online reviews. That is one business challenge we continue to have is getting more online reviews for each of our properties. And I'm going to stay in touch with him. He also mailed me marketing materials for each of the properties so I can put on my inspiration wall that's right behind us, behind this big old best ever banner. So it was stuff that I needed done and he did it and I am incredibly loyal to the people who are with me along the way and he likely will be one of them as we continue to build our relationship. So that is a phenomenal way to do it. And, and, and if you kind of look at all three of them, just the initial reaching out probably took the same amount of time for all three of them to actually write up that message and send it out, but the outcomes are completely different. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so some ways that people can do this type of outreach and achieve similar success regardless of background is what is your skill set? What do you have to offer other people? And then how does that match up with what that person who you're reaching out to needs? And then specifically offer that up. It's probably the same amount of work, but it is more thought. It's much more thoughtful than the second one. The gentleman said, if there's ever anything I can do to be assistance to you, please. I don't know what you can do to be assistance to me because I don't know what your skill set is and how that maps to what I need. So just doing a little bit more research and it goes back to that passage that I read in the 48 Laws of Power where you've got to be inside the mind of the person you're reaching out to and offer what they need. And then when you do that, 
everything will eventually come to you. Yeah, and so what would you recommend people listening to this? How would, I guess, not specifically how they would apply it, but when it comes to mind, when I think of how someone would use this would be, they listen to you know, your podcast or someone else's podcast, out to that person, or they read someone's blog on a frequent basis and they reach out to that person, they find someone in bigger pockets and they're reaching out to that person. Is there anything else you can think of that this, this would apply? Or I guess in reality, it could apply to really anything. Yeah, any guess in my pocket. Say they're a wholesaler. Say I have zero real estate investing experience. And I'm just ad-libbing right now, so I haven't really thought through this. But say I have zero real estate experience. I've never done a deal. I just heard on the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever podcast a wholesaler who is just killing it. And she is at the top of the game, so I want to reach out to her. How do I approach her? Well, I identify what am I really good at, which we're going to get to in here a little bit. You did a little exercise this past week of identifying mm-hmm. what other people think you're really good at. So identify what I'm really good at, then listen to that interview. I do research on her and her company. Did she identify any needs that she has? Well, if not, that's okay because most likely since she's a wholesaler, she's looking for deals. Therefore, she's looking for deal flow. Mm-hmm. Therefore, one of the things as a loyal best ever listener that I've heard before is that people get deals from Facebook groups that they create locally. So perhaps one suggestion that I have mm-hmm. when I reach out to her is that I really enjoyed your interview, XYZ person. And one of the things I've seen is that you can get additional leads by doing a Facebook group locally and having more bird dogs look for opportunities for you. So how about, and I've already got it all set up, it would require no additional time. How about I plan on creating a Facebook group locally in your market and attracting people who will then look for more deals for you and I want nothing in return. I just wanna simply help you out, add value, and no need to respond if you don't want to to this message, she will. No need to respond if you don't want to, but when I come across a deal for you, I'm gonna simply send your way, no questions asked. Thanks a lot for adding value in the interview. Guarantee you she'll respond to that. So that is how anyone who has no experience, who wants to get to know a wholesaler and want to eventually learn from him or her and piggyback off of their success could connect with someone. Just one example. Yeah, a frequent best ever listener or reader of the blog, there's a lot of guests who come on the show who say that they're kind of using this approach we're talking about here where you're offering up your services for free is how they actually entered real estate investing in the first place. I think one of the interviews this week where he was explaining how he offered his services to like a flipper and said that, I think he said he wanted to shadow him and I can't remember specifically what he said he would add value, but he said like, here's what I had to offer you. I want to apprentice for you and help you out, do whatever it is that, that he needed help with. And that's kind of how he got into real estate investing as well as learning how to become a fix and flipper. So it may not seem as if you're going to get anything from making a Facebook page for someone, but there's always some value you're going to get from it if you're helping out other people, always. And looking for that value because, as you said, Mm. it might not be obvious the value you're getting because say she doesn't respond to you. Say for whatever reason, the 1% in that scenario, which I'm 99% sure she would, say she doesn't. Well, you now have a Facebook group of people who are locally looking for opportunities. So go find someone else and connect the deal. Or you go wholesale deals yourself once they find those deals. Yeah. It kind of comes back to that 50-50 goals we were talking about, how 50% is the outcome of, okay, is this person going to respond? Am I going to 
actually have a relationship with this person. But the other half is the actual process of learning how to reach out to people, creating the system of the Facebook group or whatever it is you're doing, or even creating a system to constantly reach out to people and schedule it like this gentleman did with you that ended up working out because he reached out again three weeks later. So obviously, you want to have the outcome, but the system is also important as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll wrap it up by saying I was not calling out the first two people who messages I read and they're not public identifiable. I'm simply doing it because I care about you. Mm. I'm doing it because this is a way for you to enhance your outreach process and your approach for when you're reaching out to people more important than me, which is a lot of people. (laughs) And this will set you up for long-term success. I'm also doing it for every other best ever listener who wants to get to know people who they don't currently know this is the right approach to take the third way. Awesome. And read the book, 48 Laws of Power, Chapter 13, for sure. All right, let's move on. So any mistakes? What do you got? And lessons learned this week? You go first. So this isn't necessarily a mistake. It's more of like an inconvenience that I didn't necessarily realize or understand what, what would happen. But so right now, I'm in the process of closing on three, four-unit properties. And when I initially went through the inspections, all three unit fours would not let us into the unit for some reason. All three what? All three of the unit four. So in each building, unit four would not okay. let us in to see their okay. unit. And so I was like, okay, it's whatever. We can see it in a couple of weeks. And I trusted the listing agent, not my listing agent, to be responsive, and but also to actually follow his word and actually reach out to the tenants and let them know we're coming in. Mm. And so we were scheduled to go in on last Friday to see the unit fours. And the guy, agent said, oh, well, I just forgot to reach out to the tenants or it's this other agent's fault. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. We can reschedule for today mm-hmm. on today's Wednesday. And then I get an email last night. And he said the same thing. The guy forgot to reach out to the tenants. We can't go in there. Oh so now God. we're scheduled to go in there on you... Friday. And I'm not necessarily sure what the lesson is there, but the lesson that I've taken away from it is just, and this could be me being too passive, but just patience and not getting overwhelmed and getting angry with the listing agent. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to the units and it's not necessarily affecting me as much. It's just in the moment, I'm just like, what the heck? We're supposed to go in here and see this. It's happened three times already. Are they hiding something? Like, what's going on here? And so, I guess, by the lesson they I'm, might be. I'm learning, yeah. it could be. <laughs> and I'll find out if I ever get to see those unit fours. <laughs> but the lesson that I learned, I think this could be applied to this in general. Before going through the process of closing on properties, you kind of have this idea in your mind of what it's going to be like. And once you actually go through it, you realize it's a lot slower, in my perspective. It's a lot slower and it's not as smooth as you would expect it to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to be patient, not too passive, but patient, and realize that this, the process will work itself out. If it doesn't, I'll get in there and do something. But for now, it seems that it's just kind of slow and the age is kind of incompetent. And he's been like that the entire time. So I'm just like, all right, this is, just, I have to accept this, just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Once I close, I'll never see this person again. Don't let it affect your week or your day just because at the end of the day, it's not as relevant to the success of the deal. Mm-hmm. And aren't you an agent? I've taken the classes. I have a license that's in wherever the, the licensing place. I kept paying all this money, and I wasn't really sort of using it for anything. So you can't represent mm-hmm. anyone? No. Ah, uh, okay. Or I would have just represented myself. I still would have ran into the same problem, and it probably would have been worse, because at least my agent is more experienced. She actually knows the guy, too. Okay. But if I was representing myself, I'd still have to deal with his listing agent. But... In the future, if I if you start picking up more deals, if you start 
Well, if you're selling deals, I want to get my license yeah. back again. Because right now, if you're buying it, you don't pay it. The seller does. But when I sell it, I want to save that 6%. Yeah. The lady's using now is probably not going to like that, but you know, it is what it is. She's getting paid right yeah. now. So. Yeah, exactly. I like the tactical nature of that because mine, deal basics, mine's not necessarily about a deal, but it's about a process that I've now implemented because of about a month and a half to two months worth of mistake just compounding on itself. And that is last month or two when I was going to bed, I would have the iPad and I'd watch the Americans on Amazon (laughs) Prime or I'd watch House of Cards. And I was not getting much sleep. And then I'd wake up with not much rest. When I watch stuff, I feel like it rots my brain. And so I wasn't furthering my mind and one of the goals I've had for the last two three months is to complete a book or two a month and I haven't been completing as many books as I've wanted so now what I'm doing is no iPad in bed at all number one number two is my phone is now across the room and it's only there for the alarm, which mm-hmm. I'm probably going to buy an old school alarm clock so I can move it further away. Because it's just something about if I can see the phone, then I think about emails and stuff. So that's number two. Number three is now I'm reading right before bed. And it is such a game changer because one, it puts me asleep a lot faster <laughs> than a movie. But two is I feel nourished. My mind feels nourished. And I just feel more articulate and smarter as a result of it. And right now I'm reading a book on pricing and how anchoring is a real thing when you anchor a price. Like I'll use Prada as an example. Prada's got some knickknack that's say $150,000 in the storefront window. Well, the purpose is not to sell that. The purpose is to anchor that price point in your mind prior to entering the store that way a $300 pair of sunglasses or $150 keychain doesn't seem nearly as expensive. And it's proven that that works. When you anchor a high price point in someone's mind, then they automatically will estimate whatever the next thing is will be more valuable than if it was a lower anchor. Mm-hmm. Proof science. It's indisputable fact. And that's certainly something that it goes the opposite way if you do a low anchor, so for example, as negotiators in real estate, when you throw out an offer for a property, if you have an incredibly low anchor, assuming that that is the first reference point for that price of the value of the property, then you can get phenomenal deals. However, with as publicly available information is in sales comps or just go on Zillow and look at valuations of properties, that's more challenging. But if you're the only game in town and you have a low anchor, then you can get a lower price point. So the mistake was iPad in bed, watching stupid stuff. And the solution is no iPad in bed, phone far away, reading books before I go to bed. And that's that. I do fiction before I go to bed. It's it's still kind of mindless, but it calms my mind down. If I was reading books about anchoring prices, I would go to sleep. Yeah, I'd be like, oh. all right. If I, if I was reading nonfiction or like business yeah. or philosophy or something like that, I would go to sleep. Yeah. Like, I'd get too jacked up. I was reading The Born Identity and I was dreaming about 
being an assassin, being, a, <laughs> being assassinated or being an assassin, that wasn't working for me. Awesome. It was like watching the Americans, but more vivid because it was my imagination. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So the last thing. So last week we talked about the unique capability survey. So oh yeah. Quickly, just to overview what it is. You're emailing five people and asking them what they believe your unique talent is or what you do better than other people. And so I'm not going to read what people sent to me just because it's going to be irrelevant to you. But the outcome that I got from it, one of the main outcomes that kind of came to mind right away as these things started coming in was not necessarily validation of what I actually believed because it's really interesting when you ask people what they think you're good at and then you kind of compare it to what you think you're good at and they don't really align. It's like, wow, mm. people have a completely different perspective of me. I don't know what that means about how I think of myself or if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, but it just is what it is. But it was interesting because I really enjoy the YouTube channel, like doing YouTube videos about just kind of current events. It's not necessarily real estate related, but I mean, at first I didn't really good at it, but I got kind of the validation that all the different skill sets that people said that I was good at would perfectly apply to kind of having your own YouTube channel or podcast. And so it kind of gave me the inspiration to be like, okay, I guess I am good at this. I guess people do get value out of me doing this. And so now, you know, whenever I'm struggling through creating an outline, because it kind of takes time to do these things. I'll realize, I'll remember, oh, you know, people actually get value from this. They think I'm good at it. I can kind of get more of a positive feeling type of, of thing while you're actually pursuing whatever it is that people say you're good at doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, if you think you're not necessarily good at it, you start to think about, oh, why the outcome, why am I doing this, yeah. things like that. And so how can I apply some of these, a lot of these things would work for real estate because people said I was really good at reaction time or I'm like good, physically I'm like you're, you're quick with your hands or reaction time I think both I, I can mean, attest to that in basketball I think like <laughs> yeah, I think like physical reaction time but I think more along the lines of if something were to happen I think you're really good at this too when things occur you just are able to make a decision maybe it's not all the infinite options is yep. the best decision out of all of them but it's not necessarily good enough either because that kind of sounds a little negative but it's the correct decision to make based off the information you have mm-hmm. in a timely fashion without having to wait there and think about it forever because if you think about it forever you might actually be losing potential mm-hmm. value so I kind of looked at it as that that can be good in real estate because basically I can trust my intuition more instead of having to rationalize and go through the logic tree for everything which is kind of what I do and so it I guess the two takeaways is validation for things that I didn't necessarily feel confident in. But people said, hey, Theo, you are pretty good at these things. And also, I can trust my intuition on things more. Whereas before, I'd be like, i got to rationalize this yeah. and you know, write it all out and figure out exactly what I need to do, all the steps before. Whereas now, I'm like, I can just take it one step at a time and trust that I'm intuitive and resourceful enough to figure it out. Would you recommend... Best ever listeners also do that exercise? Yes. Even if you don't take action on what was told to you, what I plan on doing is kind of what you do with your vision board. Put these things up there and say, these are people that I respect that have positive things to say about me so I can read that and be like, okay, I'm good at these certain things. So just, yeah. again, the feeling aspect of it for me, I think, was the most helpful and motivating. So mm-hmm. at the very least, it's motivating. At the best, you'll realize that you're good at things that you might not necessarily think you are good at. And who knows what that could open your mind up to? Because once you start realizing that maybe you're analyzing things incorrectly, you can open your mind to more possibilities. And when, time, sense. when times get tough and you're in a tough spot, business or personally or health-wise or whatever, you can go back to these comments and it will likely put a smile on your face. Exactly. I remember doing that with LinkedIn recommendations when I was in challenging spots throughout my career 
and I'd go back and like, you know, these people said some really nice things about me. It's just good to hear. Yeah, it may sound like small or, or silly, but it works. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that really matters. It works. So one of the last things we wanted to do was to shout out to a reviewer. So do oh yes, Michael. I am giving you a shout out because of your five star review. Primarily because I like your iTunes name, which is Dirty, spelled with six or seven Ys at the end. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> the title of the review is extremely helpful and practical, and it's by, and there's like D-I-R-T-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y. I just thought that was really funny. Really dirty. Really dirty. <laughs> but one thing I want to acknowledge about you, Michael, and this is a lesson for really everyone myself included, is Michael's the guy, If for all the loyal listeners, who I called out two, three, four weeks ago when he emailed the info at joefairless.com literally 30 plus times <laughs> with different basketball score combinations in an attempt to win the book. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and he mentions in this review, quote, he totally called me out for emailing him 35 times to try to win his book. I think that goes to show two things. One, he truly cares about his listeners enough to read through every email, even when they are annoying. <laughs> two, his listeners, me, value his opinion enough to write 35 emails to get his book. Do yourself a favor and go ahead and subscribe. So props to you, Michael. Nice. Appreciate the review and appreciate you taking constructive feedback <laughs> and then there will be no basketball game today and there wasn't one last week today i have an interview that i've got to do in our basketball time so no book giveaway and there wasn't one last week so for everyone who submitted we'll just have to submit next time when we do have one reason why we didn't we, we rode our bikes up <laughs> we rode our bikes up to the basketball court and there's a a, a what was what I was, don't know. I thought they were like those like Russian dolls. That was that what they were. They was really strange. It, it was a, a village for preschoolers to yeah. do some obstacle course or something. I'm not sure what it was, so we didn't play. Anything else we got this That's week? It. That's it. All right, best ever listeners, enjoyed it. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll talk to you soon. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day -day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30 minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.